I like what you've chosen this week. I approve. And I think it's very good. I'm a little concerned. It seems a little bit companion heavy. A little Dr. Light. Mm, which one of us is the doctor in this scenario? I don't even know anymore. You can't find your Skype window. <laughs> one of us supposed to be a dog in this scenario? Is it a far side? Oh, we've done this exact... I, it's, I, I say the same quotes. You always say, clambulance, and I always say, is one of us a dog in this scenario? It's one mm-hmm. of my things. And you are included in these one of these things, my things because I say it to you all the time and you never know what it's from. And I'm going to remind you again. It's one. It's from the end of One Harry with Sally. Oh, right. Wagon wheel coffee table. No, and they're talking about like, uh, you know, it, it It had been a long time since the breakup <laughs> or whatever. Sometimes the upon gives your coin back. Mm-hmm. There's like, uh, I forget whose breakup it was, but it, but uh, but Billy Crystal saying it had been so long since uh, some breakup. And it was like, a, and, and uh, Meg Ryan was saying it hadn't been that long. And uh, and he says, you know how a, a year to a normal person is like seven years to a dog? Right. Trying to say like dog years in different relatives times. And she says, is one of us supposed to be a dog in this scenario? I'm probably <sighs> slightly misquoting it. That's okay. So close. Gosh, she's so cute in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we will, we'll soldier on. We have things to talk about. I had, I had a nap and then I ate some carne asada very quickly. There you go. Mm-hmm. So I did it all. Uh, there are literally no excuses. We begin this week with some follow-up, follow-up. Mm-hmm. I had, a, I had a question for you and I put it in my, um, you know, up, upside down pregunta marks like I do. Why do you do that? Are you, are you, I mean, do you care? Yeah, I think you've said it before, but I, no, I no, like no, to, it's okay. I like to, to revisit. I ask you the same question multiple times, like when you're interrogating someone to see if their story is consistent. Oh yeah, let's go through it one more time. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, um, my opening statement is that I think one of the ways in which Spanish makes a lot more sense is that when you when you start reading uh, a question in Spanish, you know it's a question because it begins with an, what we would consider an inverted uh, question mark. But like, if you're reading like a long sentence, how do you, how do you know it's a question until you've reached the end of it? How do you adjust your in English, theoretically my my native language? How do you, <laughs> apart from the dreamscape, how, how do you know it's a question until you reach the end? Right. Why do you need to know it's a question until you reach the end? See, now you started that knowing it was a question, so it's easy. I was saying when you're reading, you know, if you're if you're reading aloud, you can scan ahead and see the question mark is there. But anyway, you you only do like you go up at the end to make everything sound like a question. Lockpicking lawyer. Mm-hmm. No, that's um, not a question. That's just like an unresolved something or other uh, Kirk Hamilton music thing. No, you're not Dr. Light. You're Dr. Bullet title. That's your new name. Your new name is Dr. Bullet. Well, Dr. Bullet, um, uh, I think there's the the usual sort of what part of speech do you have a rhyme for this or a song? Uh, what the question? What are the question words called? I don't even question know. Question words? No, I don't even know what what uh, what a question word is. Who, what, when, where, why? Yeah. Well, are you talking about like like in journalism? Yeah. The the five what is it five H's and a W? Sure. No dub, five W's and an H. <laughs> Either one, either one is fine. Depends just, on which I, which book you subscribe to. Carne asada. Um, I, I if it opens with the thing is, almost all of those can be a question or not a question. Oh, how nice it is to be here. I guess you which, which for example, you would say like that would be weird to start a sentence with which unless it was which way am I going? That's you know a question. Uh, but then, then there's the guy, master commander who, who says something like, what does he say? Uh, which is, it'll be ready when it's ready. 
And that's, that's, that's a statement. I think it's nice to have a question mark at the beginning, and I'm content to stand alone on, on that, you know? Yeah, maybe you should uh, go to a country where they speak Spanish more prominently than they do here. Oh. Oh. Huh. How, how, how many Spanish-speaking countries you've been to? Um, been to Florida? Zero? Okay. What is a Spanish-speaking country? You're the one, Does, I, I feel like you like like said a, that. I feel like you're the one who said that. Is there a name for that? Have a, do other countries have like an official language? Is that a thing? I guess probably France does, right? Because they're into I that. I bet France does. <clears throat> you know, we we're talking about this when our family was driving around the other day about how like there was, um, which country was it? Different countries have like laws about names. Like you're not allowed to give your kid a weird name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think in some countries, like you're not allowed to, oh, you know, it was France because we we're talking about uh, somebody we saw at this wedding um, there. It doesn't matter. But like how you're not allowed to name your kid a diminutive. Like you would, you would have to be, your name on your uh, receipt to do birth would have to be John, <laughs> Jonathan or John Amore or John Eric. <laughs> no, you're talking about, about like Jennifer and Jenny. Jennifer. Oh, Jenny. Mm-hmm. That's probably right. And personally, I mean, this is just a preference thing and this is no shade, no lemonade. I, I don't think you should name somebody a, a diminutive, but that's just my own feeling on that. But because I think it confuses people, but, mm-hmm. but I think in some countries, like there's all kinds of rules about that. I remember like the hearing about long before the Grimes thing, I remember hearing about like some kid, I think it was in Sweden where they wouldn't let them name it like, you know, F, F love missile F one eleven or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I, the thing, my innovation for this is the upside down Pergunta Mark is, uh, as I've mentioned to you, surely uh, a thing I like to do with calendar events where, I want a, a, like a fast, parsable, scannable way of knowing what things are settled and what things aren't. But I do want, as you say, a, a stake in the ground. So if you and I had casually decided to talk about uh, Doctor Who, uh, and there'd be a question mark in front of that. It, it, Stephen Moffat, I think, would put an inverted question mark in front of that. Don't you think? He, lo- he loves puns on Doctor Who. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a fan of the, of the upside down question mark in front of sentences. Hmm. In English or in general. Anyway, what, what question are you posing here and follow So up? what I do is, let's say you and I had agreed that we wanted to have a conversation, you know, in general. And so like with as much specificity as possible, I chalk that up on my calendar in the future. This is very valuable to me. So I know like I, the way I won't forget that it's a thing we talked about. And I also won't forget that I want to block out time for whenever that is. So like if it's really totally unsettled, it won't go on the calendar at all because a gentleman only puts, you know, finalized things on the calendar. But I, what I'll do is I'll say upside, upside down question mark call with John 7 p.m. question mark. And I leave the, the question, leave it as a question until it's been settled. Then I remove the question marks. So if I see something on the calendar, so, so you know, you're always, you're kind enough to, to remind me how bad I am at things. Well, the thing is, I don't remember if we settled that. Like, I wanted to get that on the calendar for June or for like, say, December 27th, right? And that way, when I get to like December or the, you know, that week, I can see that it has a question mark on it and I'll know that it's unresolved. So if it died of its own accord, I remove it from the calendar. Of course, if it, if it had been settled, and put into ink, then I would take off the question marks. You, you don't see any value in that. Parsability, scalability. You, you have regex for this? I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that you want to, uh, that you're in a situation where some of your views of the calendar truncate things, and that's why you can't safely put the question mark just at the end. 
are you is this really that that's 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 the that's the hill you want to do whatever you're doing on no i'm just asking is that is that why well, like uh, what do you use for calendar do you use like the, an I -cal? use google calendar google calendar but like isn't it nice to be able to scan down i don't know i mean like i'm not trying to argue with you but like i do think there's value this is in, this is how i name tasks this is how there's there's so much to this where like i will write something contra my usual type woundedness i'll I'll put something ungrammatically where the the weight of what the thing is goes at the beginning. So at a time when I used to have to be places and have calls and have different kinds of things, like call or whatever would be at the beginning. Usually it assumed that it was a F2F, but if it was a, like a call, I would put call in front of it. Sometimes use a telephone now, you know, because of emoji. But I like knowing what that thing is. And if I'm the one who creates the event, I have a... a, a, a uh, prima pregunta which is it's my thing i say call merlin or john and merlin because i don't i know it's me but i like seeing the john part the more important the information is the uh, to, to the content or the preparation the more vital it is that that information be to furthest to the left as possible it requires less reading ask about the truncation because my default view of the calendar does truncate so i also oh, yeah. weight stuff Towards it's, I'm not, I mean, I'm not married to that as the only way to do it. I, I've only, I've presented that to people because it has been crazy helpful for me when at a time in my life, you know, I used to be a lot more like busy, busy as in like, uh, like I have a lot to do and it could be disrupted by additional things being added. And I, you know, I've seen like pff, my wife's calendar is crazy. Is there's hardly any white in there on like our relationship. And, and so like, I think it's really valuable to have a, a fast, like, you know, Par parsables on the world like where we can just scan down and immediately have something hop out at mm -hmm. you that's incomplete you know it's like in apple i don't know if i love this or not i don't love apple notes for tasks but um but the way that as soon as you tick something off it like goes down the list you know what i'm saying if you've got mm -hmm. five items and you tick off the second one it crosses it off and puts it to the bottom i think stuff like that is really i think it's it's Good for me. I mean, again, once for like the fifth time this month, I sound incredibly lazy or like incapable, which true for both. But I think that reducing the amount of cognitive load to doing what you do is really valuable. And that just it helps my brain. How, now, how do you in your queue that you won't tell me about? How do you name things? In my what? My cue? Isn't that cue? what you called it? I kept asking you how you how you have you, you. I know you've got something about like the most most of us you know Terrans would call a to do list, but you called it your cue. Now, how do you write things down in that? I'm um, not call, sure okay, what you're call, call, to. Uh, you made it. Jesus Christ! You, <laughs> I, I, my, it's, You'll it's, have to be more precise. <laughs> question. Yes, <laughs> Coleman. Um. When if you have something like um, call call Bob the painter about painting my windowsill, yeah, yeah. How how do you how do you phrase that when you're like remembering that to do either as a general to do at any time or maybe not a, quite a level of a meeting, but like uh, this has to happen this week. Do you have any things that you do to how how you name things for consistency and those parsing reasons? Well, like I said, on calendar, I have very limited horizontal space in my default view because my default view is month view. So you just get the little squares for Oh my gosh, you're, you're hardcore. I can't do that. So I'm, I'm a uh, command one or a command. Well, I don't know. Are you, are you in the web app, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so like, I, I like Fantastical for my day to day. I love, you know, I use Google based on, you know, Google calendars, what it's using. 
But, you know, command one for today, command two, depending on the app, will usually be uh, the week or two week, you know, three being a month, et cetera. But boy, that's, boy, huh. That's interesting. That, that seems like to me like that would be like all, all forest, no trees. Well, keep in mind that I have more than one calendar being viewed in Google Calendar at the same time. I've got my calendar. I've got my wife's calendar. Yeah, me too. I've me got, too. I've yeah. got my podcast calendar. I got um, my Amazon deliveries in there. It's all in there. Got my kids' calendars in there. So it's a, the whole family's worth of stuff. So that really uh, throws a monkey wrench into naming. So, for example, back in the, the simpler days when my kids didn't have calendars and when there was a lot less going on in my life, I would just put an event and I would type a type a new event and I'd have one p.m. haircut and it would make a one p.m. haircut appointment, right? And Google yeah. Calendar has broken that ability to type that shortcut at least three times. And every time they break it, I send them uh, some somehow find a way to send them feedback to say, "Hey, you broke this again, and they <laughs> fix it." So I appreciate them fixing it. Um, <laughs> Give me your feedbacks. Oh my god. Yeah, well, whatever. Like, it's, it's hard no, no, to communicate. No, no, just funny because I look I look at I look at Ivory like twice a week, and it's just I just see your struggle with this this no, bug. It's just you're the development to process, and I'm sharing. I know, but, I know. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, like, try, try my God, like, what is happening with you? You're so carbuncular tonight. Just be my friend. <laughs> anyway, um, you're supposed to but, love me, but, you vile jelly. But the problem with just calling an event haircut. Is that when it's you have three people's calendars, you look at it and you're like, oh, totally. whose haircut is that? And yes, you can color code the things, but are you really going to memorize? Oh, mine was like purple no, and my, my I, kids was like bluish and my wife's was like teal. Oh, you're, and, you're selling way, way past the clothes yeah. on that. So one. now I have to find a way to differentiate without just haircut. And that's where you're getting to when you said, uh, you know, call, uh, call with John and Merlin. Like, why would you ever write the word Merlin in there? You know who you are. What if there is, you a, you know, invite. Your, what if, what if your wife also had a call I with have, someone named I, John and you'd have two events called call John and you wouldn't understand which one is, you know, so. I to I totally agree. And also I actually do uh, know at least two people named John. So, um, but the, and I, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm retired from my old job, but on a team, even if that, even or especially if that team are a couple of people who share child tending duties, um, boy, you really want to disambiguate. And, you know, sorry, oh, Merlin, man, what do I need to do about this? Like, um, so you could say, let's say you, uh, ch child, child name, child name, play date. Well, okay, that's good. Good to know. But what do we need to do about that? And I don't mean that in terms of like, I'm a busy businessman. I mean, in terms of, okay, so, so what about that? I, I don't know about you, but we've had more than one occasion in my child's young life where there was something called play date or similar birthday party, whatever it is. Well, there's a lot to know. And this is why I like to think I'm pretty good at calendar stuff. I always put in, if it's at a location, it always gets the, you know, the, 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 location stuff, the address, et cetera. That's also where I type in, you know, I used to have a website about this and that's where I type in notes about like, here's three to five bullet points of things to cover. If you can't provide three to five bullet points about, or whatever, about what to cover or what it's about, you shouldn't have the meeting. That's crazy. Right. And, but in this instance, how about this name of child play date? Okay. That's good. It's on there. Is the address in there? What about the gate code? Anything else? Put in the and the uh, phone number for somebody if something goes wrong. But the most, the biggest one is like, okay, so it's somewhere that's not here, right? Yes. Okay. How does the kid get there? How does the kid get home? And so that maybe that could be notes field. It depends on what it is that you need help with. But it, when you're collaborating with other people, it, it could just be somebody who's your quote unquote assistant, or it just it could be a bunch of people who just need to like tend to the same, you know half acre is you 
and disambiguous. I think it's like, like, like comments in your code, right? I, you would sweat comments in your code because if it's worth commenting, it's worth being clear about why it's there, what it's for, what needs to happen, right? Even if you don't do like to do and fix and all that kind of stuff. So like I, I find that really valuable and I would encourage anybody out there who, who has a life to consider things like that. You don't have to do it my way, but you should get a little weirder about how you do it if you take your calendar seriously. And if you don't take your calendar seriously, John, you don't take your life seriously. Yeah. Given the very cramped space I have, I, I do try to front load, but I also recognize the fact that I'm going to have to probably go into week view to mm -hmm. uh, really get it. I mean, sometimes they run, I run out of vertical space. Forget about horizontal. Like with that many calendars, you run out of vertical space real fast. So as right. I approach, as I approach a day, if it looks like they're all kind of filled up, I have to go into week view and try to get a better view on the list of things. But you can also try turning off calendars to, to yeah, no, or calendar calendar sets. You know, can be really handy for that. Fantastical mm -hmm. has ways that you can screw yourself up real good. I, don't, I assume you've used it before, but there's a lot to like. Fantastical, I feel like first came on my radar screen as, to my knowledge anyway, it's all, a lot of this happened around the same time. But it was one of the first really good implementations of what I believe is called natural language. Or, or whatever it's called, where you sit, where it understands what today is, it understands what times mean, you know, all those kinds of things. Um, I think that's what it got well known for, but it's also got some pretty neat stuff. Like if you're somebody who has a house and an office, you can have calendar sets and, and sort of a la the late lamented that, that wonderful app that would let you, oh God. John, I'm sorry, I had carne asada. But you go in, you say, you can say things like, "When I'm, at, if you can detect that I'm at home or it's between these hours, pull up this calendar group set, right? So like, the, I only need to see these two or three things here. I only need to see these, you know, two or three things when I'm at that place. I, that's a little too much automation for me, but I think it's a really good idea. Like I have, an, I have, I have really good calendars. I got my personal calendar. We've got a family calendar called Big Family Calendar. And then I've got, my two favorites are journal and environment. And in journal is not, you know, a diary. It's where I want to note that this is the day we got the cat. This is the day the cat died. This is, this is when the medication changed. This is when thus and such things, you know, a thing like even like weirdo stuff, like, you know, I, I called the landlord a second time and I've logged it here. But like, but environment is also where my deliveries feed into where just anything, have I talked about this here? Do you already know this? No, what? In the MPU? MCU, which one am I? Um, environment is, the way that environment started was like, okay, so like my calendar is all about, is this a thing, to, to paraphrase David Allen, if it doesn't die on this time and day, it shouldn't be on your calendar. And, and you know, you, whatever, adjust accordingly. But I really do believe in that, hence the upside down question mark. But, um, but a common one for me is like Matt Howie will be in town in six months. He will be in town from this date to this date. What do I need to do about that? Well, currently I don't need to do anything about that because neither one of us, even if we do anything, like we don't, we don't want to schedule anything now. Environment is stuff that is happening in the world that at least at the time of capture, I don't need to do anything about. And then by reviewing that on a periodic basis, I can operationalize those things into actual tasks. But See, that's, the, and I'm like, why, why are you saying all this, Merlin? Well, like, I'm just astounded at how many people put so, so little on their calendar of consequence, but so much of trivia, like they just throw, throw stuff on there. The famous stuff being like, well, this weekend I'm going to write the, the thir first three chapters of my novel. So I just drag across three days and it's like, oh, dude, 
you're not going to be writing anything. I mean, they're going to be writing you prescriptions. That's that's nuts. But calendars, I mean, like the 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 part, the main thing about this is like I I just you know I used to manage projects for a while, and the apart from being like a the person who could like schedule well scheduling phone calls is actually a great great example of this. There's so much stuff I had to do on at that time Yahoo Calendar. There were very few ways to collaborate and share in any way. I mean, if ICS and stuff like that existed, I mean, I guess in 2002 or three, but you could not count on knowing that there was a standard that worked between different things. Why aren't you on Outlook like the rest of the world where I can just put things on your calendar, people would say. <laughs> That's why I'm not on Outlook. But um, I, I do, I feel like um, it, it is, uh, as I said in the document, I, I do feel like your calendar represents a portfolio of promises to your future self that you should take very seriously. And I, what I, I, the only thing that I'm getting all contra about is I'm contra not taking your calendar seriously. Because when you don't take your calendar seriously and you work with me, I will start disrespecting you pretty quickly. I'll never say it because I'm from Ohio, where we always enter apologizing. But like, if you're late for everything we ever do, that's, that's a paddling. That's, you're a grown person. And so, yeah, yeah. So my main thing is like, if you use, it's not the, if you use calendars in a weird way that works for you, that's good. But as usual, ask around, make sure you are keeping the promises that you made to your future self and the future selves whom you respect, love, or get money from is my feeling on that. Would you do that when you were managing programmer types or I know you, you're weird about this. I was, it was one of the best things about leaving my job was getting to leave behind my quote unquote work calendar. Cause my work calendar probably looked a lot like your wife's work calendar. It's just what were you using? What, what, what was the platform? Was it, was it exchange? Yeah. So, and, and is that the kind of environment where people, I'm, I'm, I, I was, as always, I'm being a little silly here. It's my understanding that in most organizations, at least I'm aware of that use the Microsoft suite of products. It's not unusual at all for people to put things on your calendar regardless of their place in the hierarchy. I, and I guess you can control that at some level, but did you just do that? Would you just say, Hey, there's this, is, this is what our one-on-one. It's like a more aggressive, more assertive version of an invite in, in invite, right? Where you would say, like, if you have one-on-one with somebody, do you, how do you, how does that get on their calendar? So the way it worked in my most recent job anyway, was, uh, for most things you would get an invitation that would appear in Outlook, Exchange, or whatever. And it would appear on your calendar as a block, but it would be like, you know, dim until you accepted it, right? So you'd see the block in your calendar and you'd see if it was overlapping okay. with something else. And it, right. they, they quote unquote, put it into your calendar in that you can see it there. Mm-hmm. But until you either accept or decline, it doesn't like sort of, you know, appear in And there's full, probably a bit, you, know, you, know, you can probably just hit a thing to say hide unconfirmed or similar. I never looked for that. I, they might be in there, but here's the other thing. There were also, you could also uh, send invitations that didn't wait to see if someone accepted or declined. So for example, when they had the all hands meetings, they would send that to everybody and there was no accepting or declining. And what it is was just the, in your the calendar. Send, okay, so send means it shows up, uh, you, you get back from lunch and there's a dimmed item that says all hands meeting. No, it wouldn't be dim. The all hands meeting would be you know, you don't have to accept who, it's who gets already that, Who in gets full. that ability inside an organization? Yeah, it just it's it's a permission thing in Outlook. Or I, okay. Actually, I think maybe anybody could do it because you could say, I don't need to see responses. It's just going to be there. 
Um, it doesn't mean you had to attend all those because what they would do is they would send out the all hands for every department, you know, department A, all hands, department B, all hands, and they would all appear on your calendar sometimes because they would send them to everybody. And you just know that you didn't have to go to the department B, all hands because you're in department A, but it would still be on your calendar. So you could just delete it from your calendar so you wouldn't see it there anymore. But this all, I mean, like all these tools, they require the discipline of the people using them to do something sane. Because yes, the tool has all these different features that you can use. Right. You can imagine in a dysfunctional organization, you know, someone could send you the one-on-one without waiting to see whether you accept yeah, it. I mean, that, that's a little bit like saying, I'll figure out what project I want to work on today based on which tools are in my box. It's like, it's, yeah. that's nuts. It's got to be Yeah, well, I mean, th- but there does need to be some kind of sort of, at least a mm-hmm. culture of like, what is exe- what is an acceptable set of settings for a given kind of meeting? At, because if you had a manager who kept sending you one-on-ones where you couldn't accept or decline, you'd walk over to them and say, hey, you sent me a one-on-one thing, but I'm going to be out that day. Right. So you have to, so you, ha- I deleted it from my calendar and you don't know that because you didn't ask whether I could accept or decline, but I'm just FYI, I'm not going to be here that day. So please send me oh, another that one. That's so bumpy and unnecessary. And the, and the fifth time you did that, the whole manager would hopefully learn, oh, I should send it with the accept or decline thing. So then you can, then I'll know whether they can make it or not. Right. Cause now you're the jerk. Like you're the one who has to go. Yeah, I mean, in practice, that didn't really happen. In practice, what happened is pretty much everybody understood the culture and sent things with accept decline and, you know, and so on and so forth. In the time that I've been aware of David Allen and his work, he's said a lot of things that are really frustrating to people who, including me, like I wouldn't have had a career if David Allen had said everything I'd wanted to have said. Um, but, you know, where he talks about, things like, you know, he really is one of those people like, like Cormac McCarthy, who's just like, no, it's all in the book. Just read the book. Like procrastination, it's in the book. What about Wi-Fi? Don't worry. Like, don't worry about Wi-Fi. It's, it's, it's in the book. You can do getting things done with two sheets of paper. That's how it was designed. And I think one of the things of his that really frustrated people and might seem a little bit, you know, that's fine for David Allen is, you know, the inbox has a very special role in getting things done. This is a book by David Allen, uh, copyright David Co. 2001. And one of the things that's special about the inbox, and I, I feel silly having to mention this, but I think the word inbox is not as useful as it used to be in part because everybody can, can treat them so differently. There are some people that would never have anything in their inbox like for more than a minute because it needs to go somewhere that's not the inbox. And, and here, if it helps at all, think of your inbox like your mailbox at home for most practical purposes. Like you don't store your bills in there, right? Um, but one thing he would say is like, you know, the team I work with here at, you know, David Co., um, I trust that every person I work with has an airtight system, which is, you know, a pretty safe bet when you're David Allen. But it's kind of a revelatory Zen kind of moment to go. He says, I won't, how do I handle it? Even if like, you know, somebody's, somebody's doing stuff, like I just go and I throw something into their in basket and I trust that they will take care of it, that they have a system that will accommodate dealing with an inbox of some kind, right? And I think some people will push back on that. And we're more of that mind of like, well, if I don't force people to accept an invitation to this meeting, I'm not managing which is like we're talking about a straw man for a straw man, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I do think there's something to be said, like you and I, I would like to think have a pretty good relationship about this of, of where, where not to talk out of school, but like we've both, we've said to each other, you in particular have said to me, I hope, you know, you never have to remind me about X or whatever. If it's in the document, we will find it. Our system is not airtight, but, but I think it's, it's a pretty strong submersible as, as they go. How is it not airtight? What are the leaks? The leaks of this document is, is just, it's so bad. Airtight. Second. The problem with the summary is not that it wasn't airtight. <laughs> I oh. mean, I guess eventually it really wasn't airtight, but there was a very short period of time between when it was and wasn't, so it's fine. That's so funny. Oh my God, please remind me to talk about my 
brother-in-law and uh, who makes, I, I, I have, a, so I was talking to my brother-in-law who's had the same job his entire adult life. He's older than me. He, his entire life, I, I think it's okay to say he works at Groton. He makes software for submarines. He's done that for his entire life. He went to some polytech something and like, and then that, that's been his job the entire time. So, so Billy and I sit down with, with our uncle to, like, to, to visit, and I say, hey, I got questions for you about this, you know, whole little submersible thing. And, I, you know, and the use of, you know, the carbon fiber, which, which according to, to James Cameron is really bad for implosions, you know. And then on top of it all, I heard that that carbon fiber was actually expired and they couldn't, because they're doing it cheap, they couldn't use it anymore. And James Cameron says that if you make your submarine out of a solid thing like steel and then cap, I said, but isn't it fair to say that that the, your your chain is only as strong as the weakest link? You only need one area of vulnerability, no matter how strong the rest of it is, right? Right? He's like, well, you know, I make, he's from, he's from Massachusetts, of course. Um, yeah, um, you know, I, I make software, so, you know, I, I, but it's like he, when but, someone comes to ask you questions about computers. <laughs> Shut up. And then he, but then the best part is he goes, um, but you know, I don't, I wish you could see my face. I don't know what, uh, what, uh, what's the name? James, uh, James Cameron. Mm-hmm. I don't know what James Cameron's engineering credentials are. <laughs> I said, you know what? And then at first I almost got my back up a little bit. I was like, Uncle Phil. James Cameron has been at this for years and he's been three times on on CNN. He's been three times as deep as, as that thing. And he's made 35 trips to, to the, to the hallowed site and, and so forth. But then, then I started thinking, I went, you know what? That's a good point. Uncle Phil. (laughs) That's a really good point. It's I, you know, but, but have you heard him? Have you heard James Cameron talking about this stuff? I have not. Say what you will about the guy. I mean, I, I personally, I would not want to be stuck at a long dinner with him because he seems very serious and I don't know if he's particularly nice. I loved his sci-fi series. The, he had a series about sci-fi that was incredible, not least because of who he could get to be on it. But uh, he's, I think he knows some stuff about this stuff. Yes, yes. He has this, the thing that he made for himself and not for, not for guests and visitors uh, it was obviously made in conjunction with especially like a head engineer and a group of engineers. But I think he really knows some of the stuff about this stuff. He's definitely got some demon dogs. Oh, he's got like Tarantino levels of demon <laughs> no, nobody dogs. Nobody makes this many Avatar movies without some kind of demon dog. <laughs> this episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash diffs. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand, for growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, you can engage with your audience, and you can sell anything, whether that's your products, your services, or even the stuff that you make. Squarespace has got you covered. I, I do love the fact that they have an online store. You just get that. You just get that with your account. You can sell your stuff online. Physical goods, digital goods, whatever it is. If you got stuff... You put it on your Squarespace store and you sell it. They got the tools you need to start selling online. Well, it wasn't always this way. You know, it's a really good thing. Uh, of course, they have their their best-in-class website templates, which you can customize to fit your needs. It's as easy as browsing the category of your business, and then you just find the perfect starting place, and you can customize it to be just the way you like with just a few clicks. And, of course, Squarespace has 
powerful blogging tools that can help you to share stories, photos, videos, and updates. And you'll be able to categorize, share, and schedule your posts to make your content work for you. Uh, I am a big fan of Squarespace. It's where I host the Roderick on the Line podcast, as well as several of my personal sites. They've been good to me, and uh, they're going to be good to you. So right now, you go, you head out to squarespace.com slash diffs. That's the I-F-F-S for your free trial. No credit card required. And when you're ready to launch, use that offer code diffs, D-I-F-F-S, for 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. And uh, it shows your support for uh, for John Syracuse, which we really do appreciate. So um, head out right now, squarespace.com slash diffs. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Really FM. My question for you is, I really, uh, despite the fact that basically everything we talked about when we record, recorded last uh, 12 weeks ago, despite the fact that almost everything we talked about was also covered again on ATP, sometimes in a slightly different way, I really enjoyed talking with you about Vision Pro. And I was just curious, because it seems like something you're kind of following. Did you have any f- follow-up, new information, anything new or clarified? Because even, I think you must have recorded ATP like pretty soon after we recorded last time. Because it sounded like you'd already answered some questions that we had like a day before. Mm-hmm. But I was just wondering if you heard anything more about Vision Pro, uh, any follow-up on things you want to share, things that are clarified, questions you've had that maybe got slightly answered. Uh, I don't think there's been anything that uh, that would illuminate our discussion on the last episode. There's a bunch of technical details that I covered in ATP, but those, those weren't really relevant to our discussion. We were definitely talking about it on a higher level. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I mean, there are, there are a couple items that are going to be more stuff for, about like resolution. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, but there's stuff on, remember we mentioned like, uh, what would happen if you went out on a city street with this thing? Right. Like, is it, is right. it, how would it handle it? You know, because they kept showing people sitting on a couch, sitting at a desk. Right. But like, what if you're just like, here I am, I'm out in yeah, the woods and I'm wearing the this fact thing. This rather costly thing that makes you look sort of strange is on your head as you walk around a city. Like what, because, like, I think about any time you see, like, if you've got, like, a, a janky 720p of something, and there's a scene that involves a lot of, like, water or leaves or something, you know what I mean? Like, like even on, like, pretty good, like, 4K HDRs, uh, sometimes you'll see that pixelation, that artifacts, would you call it? Like, jpeg It doesn't look like water, man. It looks like like a, uh, 256 uh, squares of water. I'm thinking more about how this thing needs to understand your surroundings to incorporate its projected things into it, right? If you're in AR yeah. mode, it needs to understand like, oh, so here's your floating window with your podcast player, but it looks like it's floating over your coffee table and it puts a shadow on your coffee table to make sure that it's not clipping through your coffee table. You know, How do you it, render that if it's a dog walking by? Right, and so now, yeah. So what if it's not your living room with a coffee table, but what if it's like literally a city street with people coming and going all over the place and cars driving by and all sorts of madness? And also, your room presumably is not, you know, as long as a city block. What does it make of the, you know, what what if, uh, you know, how much of the surroundings does it even understand? How much can it understand? What happens when it gets confused? How does it, you know, that type of thing. Right. Um, and there's well, a couple and, stories. And just, just to state the, the, I don't know if it's obvious, but like to state something slightly obvious is that I was talking today with Dan about how, how excited I am about Adaptive Sound Plus, the additions of like noticing when you're speaking and stuff like that, which is, it's just crazy how fast your AirPods are processing the audio around you. That's one thing, right? To have audio in two channels that it can work out that quickly. That's a that's a miracle. But in that case, I mean, the obvious one would be, will you see that bus coming? But another one could be like, are you, uh, I don't want to play into some pessimist archive thing here, but like also like, w- you know, will you notice something quickly enough? And a big swish of pixels could be an apple cart going by. 
Yeah, or not even just you. like, you know, say you're not even moving, but everything else around you, all the people in the cars are moving. Mm -hmm. Can you even look at like a screen with your messages on it without people clipping through it or without thinking that it's supposed to be casting a shadow on a person? You're but talking, not you're not talking about distraction. You're talking literally about how it's rendered, how, yeah. it, how it knows like, where it, to put it. Because it, it has yeah. to make sense of the world to figure out how it displays its stuff to you in AR mode. Light, LiDAR helps some with that. Right, but that's that's exactly what I'm getting at. How good, you know, how good is that lidar detecting everything around you? What is the range on it, so on and so forth? So there's a couple of stories breaking on this that, you know, probably cover an ATP that'll be out before this thing is. But uh, one of them was a, a nine to five Max saying the Division Pro's area for VR, not AR, but for VR, like if you're if you're totally closed off and you're you know pretending you're on top of a mountain, is ten feet by ten feet. Which I don't know what that wait, says wait, what about. Is, the, what is a foot in that context? Like a foot in the real world, 10 foot by okay. 10 foot. Like if you wanted to project to sort of a so VR. Even, even if it's, you know, Mount McKinley or whatever, or whatever we call it now, um, Denali. Even if it's like the giantest thing in the world, even if it's uh, HR, HMS Titanic, it, it looks like 10 feet. No, no, it looks like it's it, it's you're on a giant open but plane, a, but, but you're but only a allowed like to like go. Like a window can't, like you're, or put, put another way, the, this, the rectangle that's showing Inception will not look bigger than 10 feet wide. Yeah, and more importantly, you can't get more than 10 feet. You can't walk forward more than 10 feet, and otherwise you'll be out of the virtual environment. Right. Because and it's and trying I, to prevent yeah. you from thinking like, I'm on the top of a mountain, I can go anywhere, and then walking yeah, into I the Yeah, I thought the thing you said last time about like, you know, we, we talked about like the keyboard, and is it floating in the air, and would you want to, what, don't you want your fingers hitting something when you type? But also I like the thing you said about like, if you've got this, you're using the equivalent of Apple Pencil, you're drawing on something, and it's a poster on the other side of the room. like. I remember when I first heard about how tiring it is, like if you've never cut somebody's hair, how hard it is to hold your hands uh, up in the air the way your, you know, barber would. Like, try it. Just just hold your hands in front of you with nothing in them for two minutes. And it's not going to kill you probably, but it, it takes a lot. All of that, those gross gestures would be kind of fatiguing at some point. Yeah, actually, I, I misstated. It's not 10 feet in front of you, 10 feet behind. It's five feet in all directions. So it's a 10 foot by 10 foot box. So basically, if you just shove your head forward five feet, you're out of Mount McKinley. Right? Well, and and, <laughs> and, um, and, and per uh, probably two ATPs ago, a question that seems to have been answered by a headline I, I barely finished reading is that it looks like there's some kind of a mode for like the equivalent of like being in, in an airplane seat. Yeah, that's the other thing. But you thing can't do that for everything. You can't have Manhattan in Chicago view. Yeah, there are speed limits on it, presumably to stop you from like trying to ride a bike with it or something else. Oh, uh, really? Obviously, that, huh. that has overrides for when you're in a plane. Uh, but in general, they don't want you to be like, oh, let me just get on my skateboard with my helmet. Because again, this is battery powered. It's not connected to a PC. You could get on your skateboard and start moving, but it's going to immediately notice that you're doing that and say, uh-uh, for safety reasons in this this part. But uh, with in terms of the city street with the LiDAR, you know, I did the little LiDAR sprayer thingies they have. It's probably very similar to the ones that are on an iPad. They can't reach a city block. Like, they can't bounce something off something. you ever tried it? You ever flipped it on for fun? Like, to show, like, that when they first did this iPad, my, an iPad Air or Pro, probably Pro, an iPad Pro I had at the time was the only thing I had with LiDAR, and I tried this. There's a the thing where you can, like, it'll detect if there's people nearby and stuff like that. And it's, of course, you'll be a real weirdo testing that out. But, like, I, that, even that even at least then was like, it's not flawless. And, you know, but I guess I was trying to say was that like, I love the idea that, Oh, that's cool. They thought of that. Cause I think you guys did talk about that a few ATPs ago. Like what's going to be like, it obviously seems like it'd be really cool to do this in a seat, but like what, where are those physical things now? How does it not just look like a projection on the side of a building? 
And, but, you know, obviously they can't have different modes for all those things. Yeah. So future versions are going to have to do kind of what the, the, uh, the, you know, driver assistance stuff over drive, you know, the good driver assistance cars have LIDAR and they also have radar and they also have cameras and you have to sort of try to use the best tools available Yeah, and combine them all because LIDAR only reaches a certain distance and it has its own limits because it's light. Radar has its own limits in terms of what it can go through. And of course, vision has its limits if there's fog or rain or so on. So you need to use the same. I mean, the same thing is it's kind of the same thing as if people don't have radar and LIDAR, but we have vision and we have hearing and we can move our heads around and we have experience in the world. Like you basically at a certain point, if you wanted this thing to work on a city block, it would probably have to use the vision part to figure out if there is a bus a block away, right? Because LIDAR is not going to tell you that and radar is going to be too messed up by all the other stuff that's there. But you can visually see that it's a bus. And as it gets closer, the the radar and the LIDAR might mix in to give you more <laughs> confidence about where it is. <laughs> oh, it looks like there's a bus fading in. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, all, all in service of knowing how to correctly when render your instant message window so that it looks like it's floating in the world and it's not clipping through a bus or a shrub or a person. Yeah. And so it's casting the correct shadow on the sidewalk and not casting the shadow on the car that's driving by, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. the car takes the shadow with it. Cause you think anyway, we'll all find out when somebody gets one of these things. Cause surely people yep. will do very silly things with them. We will keep um, monitoring this channel. Next follow up. Mm-hmm. Green, green grows the onions. You know what that's about? I think it's about something I said on a show. Oh, probably on Roderick on the Line. That was a good episode uh, about how I'm growing onions. And what is the uh, the formulation of the item in the notes uh, reference to? Really? Yeah. Um, it's on. I want to say Last Rich Pageant. No, no. Stop, 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 stop. It's not. It's on. It's on. No, it's an REM song. And I saw them on that tour with yeah, the okay. Minutemen. I think it's the one. It's the one from '85 where they were in England and unhappy. It's the one with um. Now, now. Um, it's, um, I know this, it's not like picture, the, picture the cover. I, it, uh, fables of the reconstruction, of the there fables of the reconstruction. Yes, you got it. You got it. Now here's the thing. I was put getting this, I was getting this for the show notes for links or whatever. And I'm like, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Uh, and I'm like, uh, I, cause I didn't remember which album was on either. I got, I got to find out which album it's on. <laughs> right. Well, there's a little bit of a blur with some of them. I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I am a bigger fan of REM, old REM than the average bear. And I do like, I just did. Like, I got to say, as much as like, I love both those records, some, some like, um, uh, I guess the one fables came first fables does slide into life's rich pageant a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when I was Googling to find out what it was, this actually came up before the REM thing. Hmm. And this, I didn't know. Check your messages. Oh, okay. Uh, is, is it like an old song, folk song? Yeah. Yeah. And so R.E.M. is obviously referencing the old folk yeah. song, but I yeah. I only, like, I, this, as far as I'm concerned. Is a child ballad? I bet it's a child ballad. Let me look. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's pretty, I'm, I'm in the midst of, for a variety of reasons I'd be happy to go into, um, in the middle of a big folk resurgence here. And so I've been especially stuffed with uh, British Isles folk. And um, boy, what a fascinating uh, story that is. A lot more drama in the British folk community in the 60s in particular than you would have imagined. A lot of drama. And then it was it was kind of replicated like in the 50s in in the in the US and Britain there were like at different times somewhat parallel like who does folk music like is folk music about communism or is folk music about like weird national identity I'm saying in code. And then, like, there were people who were like various people, like you and McCall, uh, father of K- Christy McCall, who uh, did that. Uh, they don't know about a song that Tracy Ellman covered. You and McCall was like, he was a stick in the mud, man. He had like a canon that had to be followed. You had to do it this way. He even had notes for people on how things were supposed to be performed, right? And whereas our version of that in the US in some ways was Pete Seeger, who was very uh, 
uh, I mean, he's a very interesting guy, great guy, but like he's kind of a doctrinaire about things. And then Greenwich Village comes along and they're having some mix-em-ups with that. But Green Girl of the Rush is, yeah, because you know, the guy like Richard Thompson, he does a lot of this stuff. He does a lot of these folk songs. Green Girl of the Rush is, is oh, Robert Burns. Oh, not to be confused with Robert Burns. See, they should have put a question mark in front of that. His is Green Girl of the Rashes. Mm-hmm. And my friend who makes salads does Green Grow the Radishes and uh, Cumulus Structure. Yeah, so it's a, it's a really old folk song from who knows when. The origin section of the Wikipedia page is not particularly clarifying, but it says stuff about the 19th century. And surely this is what R.E.M. was referencing in their song, Green Grow the Rushes. Yeah. So yeah, Green Grow I mean, the Onions. Lot, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's really fascinating. So I've been watching a lot about this. You know what? You don't care. <sighs> I'm going to onions, well, but I care about your onions. That's why. No, I'm, I'm here that. for that. I'm here for your, my onions. Yeah. So why, onions. Are you, why are you going green onions? I have been trying to. Uh, I've been. I enjoy the idea of plants, and I've been trying to put my hand to plants more lately. You want to eat plants? Well, to be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're, make, the you're making you're making eat it before it eats you. Hit it, turn. I no, I mean, like the thing is, I'm not good at it, and because I'm really sweaty about it, like I tend to overwater things. I think mm. I love them too <laughs> much. This is, a good, this is a good metaphor for your life. Wow, believe me, it's fun for me. And uh, no, but uh, so I'd heard because my kid, like you, you know, you sprout an avocado, right? You stick the toothpicks in the avocado and stick it in water. I haven't, but I'm familiar with the phenomenon. Yeah. Do you, do you grow plants at all? Do you do anything with plants? We have some terrible house plants that I'm obliged to keep alive. Are they, are they disobedient? They're, they're terrible. They're, yes. They're just ugly and malformed. And... Do, do, here's the thing, though. And I said this on Twitter, which you don't see. Do you, um, I think a lot, I can, not all of them. Some of my plants like me. I'm pretty sure most of my plants do not like me. And I think if we were honest, more of us would, would admit the, the plants that don't like us. I bet those plants don't like you. I'm, they have I good don't like reason not to like me. I put them in terrible places, and they, they, yes. I should just let them die. Uh, but I don't. I keep watering them and keeping them alive. It's because they, it's because my daughter would complain to me if I let them die. They're 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 supposed. My God, you're to be like a plant plants. sarlacc. They're, yeah, they're supposed to be her plants, but of course she doesn't take care of them. So no. I'm here taking care of them. I would just as soon throw them all in the garbage. Mm-hmm. But but then she well, would say, "Hey, what happened to all my plants? Problem. You killed the plants." Yeah, what happened to all my plants? She would say, and I'd say, "What do you mean? The plants that I've been watering for the past three years? Those plants? Your plants?" Mm-hmm. His name was Stampy, and he loved him. So anyway, those 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 plants days are numbered. <laughs> I, I the, the saddest thing is one of the one of the most terrible, awkward, ill formed ones has you know they're all totally root bound. They're in pots that are too small for them. One of them has oh, shoved well, like if the you root. pulled it out, it would be all like white around. You can see yes, the roots. It's all disgusting. The, okay, uh, it, has yeah. sho- it has one of them has managed to shove a root down through the bottom of the pot that it's in it's and ble- extending it's that root outward. <laughs> it is is extending the root outward like a foot and a half to try to find some more soil. And I'm saying there's no snow there, dude. You're on a radiator. <laughs> it's one of the saddest things ever it's like that root is going nowhere yeah but like all, think about how much effort i mean this really is like it's the like the third act of you know some kind of a sci-fi movie maybe you know maybe like an interstellar where like oh, so much of the resources that that plant has are going into that root because it knows that's the only hope yeah, but, but and you see no it hope. every day there's no hope <laughs> it just the root just keeps getting longer and it's it, it getting longer and longer into the empty air where it will find it will find no soil 
it, but like that's so weird. It's like you take it's like you 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 mow lawns at a graveyard and just keep not, not noticing the fingers grasping coming out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Not my job. Um. So and then so what happened? So I I'm terrible with plants. Um. But I, I enjoy them a lot, and I've discovered I have this. I do this thing now. Sometimes I do a thing every day, which is after we eat dinner, I amble around a little bit. I rinse the dishes because you know that's what I do before I wash the dishes. I do all this thing, and then I just kind of amble around and I play with the pan, plants, and I and I talk to the plants, and 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 that's also when I do like some some you know uh, general plant maintenance things. Do, do you think what the edit would look like if someone did a documentary about your life? <laughs> like you. Know, why did you what say kind of that? edit they would give you as you uh, wandered around mumbling to the plants? How could uh, it possibly be flattering? Can you th- you just think of the voiceover that would accompany this segment? I I can. It goes <laughs> like this. At this point, Merlin has been milling around for 15 minutes and has begun killing six more plants. It doesn't have to be Bernard Herzog. It could be anybody else. It has to be me. Hello. I'm Bernard Herzog. I'm a bad boy. Chocolate. Uh, and then I guess my kid was the first one who did this. In the house, which was you get a green green onion, you get scallion, as you say, and mm-hmm. you can let it like root, root, do its root thing a little bit in water, and then plant it. And mm-hmm. I've been doing this for like a, I don't know, a month and a half now. Totally mixed green onions. I'm never buying green onions again. I'm uh, done. These are just indoors in your house in a pot. Yeah, yeah. I, I took them outside today because the flies are getting a little bit heavy handed, mm-hmm. heavy winged. And and no, but like it's it's really um, there's something very entertaining about it and. Like like anything in life, it can be a little bit of a journey and a little bit of growth. Like like jokes have left the room. Yeah, I do screw up plants because I play with them too much. I'm like you know, uh, it's like of mice and men. You know, we're like I'm just petting that rabbit too hard. Yeah, yeah. So I am learning. My kids constantly, bro. I'm like, ugh. You know, I was like, why do you guys think the leaves are yellow? I looked it up on ChatGPT, ChatGPT, and ChatGPT says that if uh, a, this kind of geranium has yellow leaves, it could be from too much water or not enough water. Mm-hmm. It could also be from not enough sun or too much sun. Uh-huh. And and Madeline and Billy, like a Greek chorus, just go, you're watering it too much. <laughs> Unlike, but, unlike your Google search, they know how much you water it, so I would probably. <laughs> well, they see they see the damage over time. You know, I, if I were Werner Herzog, I don't know. Maybe they just hire him to do the voiceover. I don't know if he'd even consider that. He could do it from home, um, like uh, like John Carpenter. You know, John Carpenter directed a movie from his house, probably while playing video games. Mm-hmm. But um, no, it's really it's neat and it's satisfying. And um, you hear about those flowers uh, too off the dome. You hear about sunflowers, right? How fast they grow. We hear about people saying like in the in a certain season, you can actually hear corn growing. That's not a joke. You can hear the squeaking because mm-hmm. corn grows so fast at a certain point that you, it is audible. Or think about bamboo or for your beloved kudzu. You love R.E.M. That's, that's, that's the cover of, did you know that that's, that's, that's what the cover of Murmur is? I did know that. Oh. It's it's a real railroad trestle, and I, I'm not looking at that. I just know this from memory. But the thing is, here's the problem: I don't know what a railroad trestle is. I know about kudzu because there was an article in the St. Petersburg Times in 1981, probably, that was all about kudzu and what kudzu is, and it was terrifying. You know, there's those articles you run across every like three to five years, well, increasingly every week or two, but about like, oh my God, Africanized bees or um um. Like, you know what I mean? One of those, like, here's the thing you didn't, like the new, oh, the malaria's back. Did you hear malaria's back? It went to Florida. But yeah, malaria, there's people are dying of malaria. Again. Don't call In it a comeback. <laughs> Been here for years. <laughs> Damage, destruction, terror, and mayhem. 
And, um, but the onions grow really fast and it's super satisfying. So you get, you, you get a scallion, you say, hey, hold one aside, right? In reserve, like you enjoy the rest on your fried rice or whatever. And you cut it kind of down near the, near the green, white crossover. I do it at an angle, some fancy. You, you plant it. And then like within like a couple days, I planted some right before we left, or sorry, I put some in water right before we left on Friday. And when we were back on Sunday, you could see that telltale like, oh, here's, here's new sprouts coming from inside of the little onion layers. So you know, those are almost kind of hard to kill, but even like purportedly hard to kill plants, like whatever kind of aloe I've got, like I can, I think I just love too much, John. They call it love bombing. Yeah, that's, that's one of the questions. One of my things I wish I could do like a poll question or someone should do a scientific study on. Is, mm -hmm. uh, you're probably familiar with this from meal kits where there will be instructions. They say it comes with some scallions or green onions. Yeah. And they say, uh, you know, chop the uh, the green onions, separating the green part from the white. Oh, from oh, John, you don't even, I, I don't need the rest. I, I can't believe how many minutes of my life have been spent wondering, I wonder which part this is and when it became <laughs> well, that part. I'm when, not sure. You know what I mean? Spends... It's not like which part is this, because clearly over here, this is what life is, John. This is the entire study of philosophy. Obviously, mm -hmm. this end over here is a, a, a verdant dark green. This part over mm -hmm. here is a root. Then there's this white area. But like, when do it become green? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not sure everyone spends a lot of time sweating over. People do have to make the choice because you do have to separate the white parts from the green. So where do people choose? And I would love to see like a distribution graph of like, you know, showing a series of green onions and where the majority of the population yes, chooses like which, to which say. Which banana do you pick test? Yeah. Every time I do it, I think about it. I say, have I come closer to correctly getting the ideal division point between the white and the green parts. Right. It's complicated like, I think, Especially as a garnish or, or like sort of similar, I guess, the way you use chives. I think people do tend to favor the, the greener end of it. But if you want a little pungent, if you're going to cook it and like saute it a little bit, I think you're going to want someone somewhere in the, in the green white spectrum. Yeah, because there's not just color involved, there's also structure. It's a very complicated process, but it's very difficult to explain. Layers of an onion. That's what I used to say about you. You remember that? Yeah. That was this show, right? Probably. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by FitBod. You can learn more about FitBod right now by visiting fitbod.me slash diffs. When you want to change your fitness level, it can be hard to know where to start. And that's why we want to let you know that FitBod is an easy and affordable way to build a fitness plan that's just for you. Everyone's fitness path is different which is why FitBod uses data to make sure that they customize things uh, exactly to suit you. Uh, you. Use a powerful algorithm to learn about you, your goals, and your training ability. And then FitBod will create a custom dynamic program based on your experience and the equipment that you have. It's all in an app that makes it incredibly easy to learn how to perform each exercise. Pretty cool. Superior results are achieved when a workout program is tailored to your unique body, experience, environment, and goals. Muscles improve when working in concert with the entire muscular system, so overworking some muscles while underworking others can negatively impact results. And that's why FitBod tracks muscle fatigue and recovery to design a well-balanced workout routine. By mixing up muscle groups, exercises, sets, reps, and weight over time, FitBod serves to increase your overall strength and keep your body sharp. This also keeps your gym sessions fresh and fun by mixing up your workouts with new exercises. The FitBod app is easy to use with over 1,400 HD video tutorials shot from multiple angles to make sure that learning each exercise is a breeze. 
and you can keep track of your achievements and your personal bests with FitBod's progress tracking charts. And it also, oh, this is so important, integrates with your Apple Watch, your Wear OS smartwatch, and apps like Strava, Fitbit, and Apple Health. Personalized training of this quality can be quite expensive, but FitBod is just $12.99 a month or $79.99 a year. But right now, you can get 25% off your membership by signing up at fitbod.me slash diffs, that's D-I-F-F-S. So you go now and you get your customized fitness plan at fitbod.me slash diffs. Once again, that's fitbod.me slash diffs for 25% off your membership. Our thanks to FitBod for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. I also want to point something out. Mm-hmm. In, in what, let's, let's set aside your program for a minute. We'll set aside my program. In the history of the 5 by 5 network, one of the greatest things that ever happened was, was uh, I, I believe the episode was called Office Party. And uh, um, John, John Gruber did the program with Dan Benjamin. And from the very out, uh, outside of the episode, you could tell John seemed a little uh, loose. Do you remember this episode? I don't remember it by title, but keep talking. It'll probably ring a bell. Or like, I guess Holiday Party was the name of it. Ah, the, the, yes, the, yes, the, term, right. the term we still use. Sorry, Office Party. Mm-hmm. The Holiday Party. But I can't, the, that, but the show starts and, and John does seem awfully loose. And, uh, and at one point Dan makes kind of a remark about it that, you know, he seems, seems, seems kind of loose. He goes, uh, yeah, you know, we're having a little, uh, a ho- holiday party over here. And, and Dan thinking he's got a real dunk doing one of his Dan things. He goes, oh, I didn't get the invite. And, uh, and Gruber says, yeah, you know why you didn't? Because, because he said invite instead of invitation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which was a perfect interaction, you know, and we wouldn't really be able to say what that till, till months later. But you know that that's funny. I I know the word is invitation, but invite is the it's you know it's it's pin pin number all over again. Can't yeah, and you can't. I mean, I don't think you're going to win that one. Which one? Invite. Uh, what is the other one that? that uh, oh no no no! Or, but I, 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 if it's not obvious. I kept saying invite. And I noticed that when you were talking about this, answer, kindly answering my question, you use the entire English language word invitation. I don't think you yeah, use, but, use but the I, word but invite I, once. But, but it's too late. It's too late. Invite and invitation, they're synonymous. I don't, even have a, I don't even have a mistake in it apart from clarity. And if you want to communicate well with people, again, contra, contra, contra my usual like words mean things stuff. Like there's, there's a reason we phrase things a certain way. There's a reason that little, that little card on the plane with the safety, there's a reason it looks like that. There's a reason that we say flammable, even though that's not the correct word, right? Because the real word is inflammable, but unfortunately, even to like many very learned people, including me for like 30 years, I thought inflammable meant it can't catch on fire. When in fact, the thing they really want you to know is this can not only can catch on fire, but it super easily will. So I think in the interest of, again, disambiguation, communication, like there's, it's duck head. Like you don't want to have like somebody have to read like, you know, a, a long sentence or by that time they're going to get bonked on the head. You, <laughs> you love that stuff. You love duck the changing head. of language. I duck head. All the parts that one. Duck head. Oh no. Okay. Let's just leave that one over here. So that's what I'm doing. Um, they're not actually heritage onions. They're onions, uh, you know, from, from, I think probably Molly stone. Uh-huh. And, um, but it's nice. And I'll tell you, buddy, 
let me tell you something. I I I, I got to go a little bit easy on the onions because of you know, but but I like onions, and when I make me something that needs some green onions, these boys rock. These are some hard ass. These onions go hard. They're very, very pungent, and they're very oniony, which I like. Flies like it too, apparently. <sighs> yeah, well, I'm glad. Difficult. I'm glad to hear that you are you are successfully growing something and then eating it. Thank you. Thank you very much. You should do that. You should try and eat some of your plants. Oh, you know, you should eat some of your daughter's that. plants. It's, you should walk, walk into a room, just stare dead in the eyes, unblinking while you eat her plants. In front yeah, of her. It's, a lot, it's a lot of work for the results. I feel like are meh, so-so. Wow. Well, <laughs> sort of applying that to everything we love. No, yeah, some things are a lot of work and the results are awesome, right? And then like you what? do it. But I like video games. You know, it's a, it's a ROI, you know? Yes. Um, rubber on information. We're running out of time and in, in, uh, in regular time in this episode, so I do want to get to your wedding results, if you would. Do you want to do wedding results, or do you want to do AI? I want to do wedding results, but we don't have time for AI now. Okay. Um, my niece got married uh, on Saturday, and we went uh, to that wedding. And uh, I would love to talk about this. Yes, this was, uh, was, it was a short one, short trip. By my, by my reckoning. The the trip per se, like from the sort of like wheels down to wheels up was 39. Well, excludes exclude some travel, but the amount of time like we were there, we were basically there from 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern on Friday to, uh, let's see, it was th- probably 3.15 Eastern on Sunday, which I think is something like 39 hours. And then there's 12 hours all told, just under 12 hours of travel on either side. Like we had to get up at three thirty on Friday morning. Ugh, yeah, I know. Three thirty. That. that sucks. Um, getting up at uh, three thirty on Friday morning for our six fifteen flight, something like that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's what we did, and uh, it was it was a wedding. I'm gonna say not a vacation. You no, know, no, no. I think according to my codex, like yes, this continues to be not a vacation. Not least because it's a thousand percent family focused. But with that said, I had adore this family member it's been a long time uh since i've gotten gotten to like catch up with people and as i'd be happy to address at length the crowd at this wedding was otherworldly like just f- fasting i had a really good time and with hopefully without spoiling it too much i you know i, I made it i did it you what know did I, you make? I don't you like sur- the travel. you survived i mean obviously yeah survived. i mean like i i I feel like at this point, especially in the last couple of weeks, I'm a, I'm a, in danger of alienating everybody with my dumb, vulnerable anxiety talk. Even though that's kind of oh, all you mean, I want you to mean talk the about. public, not the people at the wedding. Yeah, I must talk to them about iOS 17. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And submarines. But, <laughs> you wait. When we're done recording, I got some stories for you. Um, we, um, I, I have a lot of anxieties. I don't like to travel. I've finally, finally accepted, finally really accepted that some things about myself that I thought I could gloss over or eventually improve upon. And there's something, I don't want to say I'm giving up on it. I'm, I'm getting to the point where I, I, like, I have to accept that there are certain things that are always going to be very difficult for me. And unlike my friend John Roderick, I, I don't relish putting myself in situations, especially with other people, where other people's happiness and well-being depends on it. I don't, I don't. I don't gain a lot from thrusting myself into situations that make me uncomfortable. Let's just leave it at that. But I, I seriously, really, really, really 
I, I don't enjoy traveling. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know how to put it. I mean, I like doing things. I like being places. I love people, but like, I really, the, the whole, like people who say, I love to travel. Everybody's all mad about that New Yorker article because of the woman who wrote it. <laughs> it was a bad article. Oh, come on. And well, well, okay. Here's the thing, John Webster's defines amateurish writing as beginning <laughs> with a series of quotes from people. Mm-hmm. Bad way to start your article. But like, I think one good point that could get lost in how much we dislike that person is that notice when that the, the I thought she was good at bringing this up. Say so that language people use. Oh, um, what have you been doing? Oh, I just went on vacation. Oh, what did you do on vacation? What did you do on vacation? I went to Hawaii. Yeah. Oh, cool, cool, cool. When you're in Hawaii, like, what what did you do? What what island did you stay on? Oh, I, I went to Kauai. Oh, cool. What, what did you, did you like go to like you know get any good food or did you like go on a boat or anything? And like, how much the way we describe things mainly is about the where we went and not always but i that oh, I, I didn't buy that part of the article well, buy I lit- wasn't not, buying this what i wasn't buying that part of the article that's okay that's okay for me i, I mean I, I think it didn't make sense i think i didn't think it was a, a an insightful analysis i think it was an incorrect application well, I, th- of- I, I disagree but i think that's the problem and that's the irony the problem and the irony is is that vacation vacation in the parlance of small people like you becomes like anytime you're doing something where your boss isn't in the room it's like oh you're on vacation <laughs> that's, now that's a little bit uh not correct it's actually a lot bit almost exactly what you think. Yeah, so the, the problem with the, I mean, the example you just gave, which wasn't an exactly an example in the article, but was touching on it, the whole idea of people just saying where they went and not giving any more details. Like, you don't, like, people know from experience that in the context they're asked about that, they don't actually want to know and see well, all your slides okay, and everything you did. Thing. So they're just giving the abbreviated version because of the social context. How about this? How about, here, here's one. And like, maybe we're agreeing. I don't care. But like, um, oh, what have you been doing? Oh, I helped my mom move out of her house. Oh, really? Where does she live? Uh, Portland. So, like, notice that when you say something like that, or like, what have you been doing? Oh, unfortunately, I had to go to, I had to go to my uncle's funeral. Like, what have you been up to? Oh, I went to my niece's wedding. Right? Like, when the function of what you're doing. So when we do that, usually. Like, like, I don't think it's unusual at all. Like to say, like, I, I went to Disneyland. It totally makes sense. Like, it, I mean, like Disney World's better. I really want to go to Disney Sea. That's the one I really want to go to. But um, that's fine because we understand what happens to that place mostly, right? You you buy some stuffies and you, you get something with ears on it, and it's, you know, seven thousand dollars. But I don't know. I just feel like the part that the part that does make that ironic. I I do honestly feel is that. There are people who don't have a problem tolerating what happens when you travel, and I'd be happy to get into this, but travel for me is not just the inconvenience of TSA. It's also like what my brain has, what my brain will go through in a given period of time, especially before we go. It's not fun for me. I dread so many things. I dread like everything that could go wrong with the traveling, but I also dread all the stuff I've got to do just to be able to leave town, right? And, and if you don't have a problem with this, again, this is, this, is, this is Merlin 2023. It's like, if you don't understand that, that's okay. If you don't agree with that, but understand it, well, I appreciate you listening. But I'm done pretending like this isn't a problem for me. It has not helped so far to just agree with people that I'm weird and therefore I should act like I'm not. It, it's, it causes me a tremendous amount of anxiety. I'm, I'm guessing for you, like the run up to like 
going to WWDC is probably not super fun. If I ever actually get to go, but again, no, but, but you know what I mean. I mean, yeah, but I, like, do, do, I, do, you, do you dread it? Do you do you find yourself like ruminating on motion sickness and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean a little bit. But like my the only and this is very mild because I did I did hear the Roderick online episode. I need to put that in the notes that you're referring to, where you and Roderick were talking about uh, various difficulties that you have in life with things that other people think that either <laughs> yeah. you shouldn't have. I had you shouldn't have difficulties with or to, most people don't. Right? Yeah. Right. But anyway, like so that, we'll put the episode in and people can hear it. Um, good episode, you guys. Wasn't that a good episode, John? Yeah, but like, but the only mild pushback I had against it, and yeah, I it. say this mild because I mostly agree with you with the whole idea of like pretending that this is not the situation doesn't help anybody, even though people say you're quote unquote not supposed to be like that. It's like right. you know there is you can't no, by all means push back. Yeah, yeah, you can't. But but my mild my mild pushback is that eventually, mostly on Roderick's side, honestly, but eventually, yep. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like they, it got got to the point where I felt like someone needed to step in and say all of this is true. And I agree with what you're saying, and it's good that you have a clear-eyed view of yourself and how things are going, and so on and so forth. But at a certain point, you cross over into the fatalistic, and you need a first-grade teacher to come in and tell you about growth mindset versus fixed mindset. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. That that, mm-hmm. that that you know, I'm not like, oh, you're magically going to be a different person. You're not, right? It's always right, going right. to be hard. But I don't want to close the door on the possibility of it being ever so slightly less hard due to effort that you put in to become better at it. That's it. That's the only mild pushback. Mm-hmm. Right, because because at a certain point you like it feels like uh, John was saying I'm just never going to be any better at this. You're never going to be good at it. Not You're never right. going to be well, quote unquote normal. But I, I don't. I wish I could opine is, yeah. on this because I kept trying to distinguish my part that was different. Mm-hmm. And I, I when he started talking, you know, I, so just you guys, these have been very good. The last two episodes have been very good. But like John says, the thing I think I don't even think he means it in the way he says. But when he says he's not a lap dog, he's a a herding dog. Uh, yes, he does like to have people do things for him, and where he gets to be the boss, QED. But I think what that also means is he needs something to do that he can do, and he and ideally something he to do that he can do that he's good at. And I, I take I take your pushback. I totally I, t- Although, I totally. And for him specifically, you know, he's done the whole thing of like challenge zone versus comfort zone versus whatever. I, one thing I would have thrown back at him and said, "How does this change your definition of challenge zone?" Considering it seems like your definition is things that other people find challenging that you find easy, and you're considering that challenge zone. Whereas hmm. your real challenge zone is doing paperwork. You guys and you, do a show, that, and you're and yeah. you're not so anxious to get into challenge zone. All yeah, of what about that yellow zone? What about zone. that yellow zone you love? Right? Yeah, it, it, all of a sudden it's your challenge zone of paperwork and not other people's challenge zone of going to Tel Aviv. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, just to get this, uh, this is you, you know what I'm talking about. I imagine our friends know what I'm talking about. But yeah, so the thrust of, of that that's relevant though is. This is, it's such a, oh God, at least tertiarily, it's embarrassing. Or at least tertiarily, it's um, uh, be pri- I think it could be primarily embarrassing. <laughs> no, not for me, dude. No, right, well, that, no, no in, but, in the abstract, it could be. But here's, the, but here's the point I'm trying to make is that I don't care about that part. If I thought it would be useful to talk more about stuff that I cannot effing believe other people do, not that I can't do, but like you just do that and you, that, that's the thing you do. And that maybe that could, there's an element in that of, of expertise that I don't have or patience that I don't have or tolerance for inconvenience that I don't have. Absolutely. No question about it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to like reject any of that. The thing that I can't say is like, go back and listen to the episode where I tried to explain to you what happened with the stove at our house. 
Like, and how emblematic that is of the kind of thing where I feel like what I'm accomplishing, what I'm trying to do here is like very just connect the dots stuff. And it leads to a succession of problems that I have no real ability to change. And having accumulated enough of those in life, I'll give you another one. Hey, I just, my friend uh, Opus, like he just posted this horrible, terrifying screenshot of his flight being delayed because, you know, they never want to cancel the flight because then they got to refund it or whatever. So technically it's just delayed. It was delayed for like 12 hours. And you see like every 50 minutes or whatever, randomly, right? Like that's the kind of thing we're like, okay, so what's your solution to that? Do you get aggressive about it? Do you say that you're a, a 7,000 mile club boy or what title or whatever? Like, how do you, how do you get out of that? Like your response to that stress is leads to what kind of activity that you think will be successful. Right. And like, I've learned enough to know, like that, that stuff tends to not work out great. Like don't yell at a cop. This is just not a good idea. Like I'm not a huge fan of cops. I'm not going to yell at a cop. Not a good idea. And, and so the, the, the thing is though, so I say tertiarily, you know, embarrassing or whatever, but the prime, the thing that's most primarily frustrating about it is, and I don't know, I don't understand why you don't get more worked up about things like this, given your strong opinions about things. I guess you just have a very wavy gravy, I'm okay, you're okay thing. But like when you see people who are like along the lines of a Homer Simpson level, or Frank Grimes is watching Homer Simpson and going, what is happening here? I cannot even tell you how much of my life I feel like Frank Grimes or how much of my life, and I hate to admit this, I've been going through such a tear on just finished season 10 rewatch of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And like Madeline and I watch that show so differently. Like she watches it and goes, why doesn't he just have a conversation with the person? <laughs> she's not, she's not identifying with Larry David. No, she is. She's <laughs> like, and I'm like, oh no, no. See, this is why we, we watch this show. I just sit there by myself and laugh out loud. Like the one where they got to go to Cabo and he and Jeff are going to charter a private plane, but they need to know everybody's weight. It's just, and then, so he like finds a guy in Mexico who he believes is the best weight guesser in Mexico. And he gets everybody to go there and he finds a way to turn them around so that the guy can guess. That's just one part of one episode. And I'm like, I hate how much that's a solution I would have considered. I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done it, but neither would he. That's why it's a TV show. But like, there are times where you're like, you know, this table's pretty wobbly. And the guy goes, I just put your foot on it. And you go, nah, I don't want to put my foot on it. I, I want you to unwobble the table. And he goes, you know, every time I come here, all your tables are wobbly. And, the, you know, the guy says, yeah, just put your foot on it. And you go, yeah, but, like, you know, all these are wobbly. And so Larry <laughs> goes, he, he's so mad at Mocha Joe because of the quality of it, the way he makes his scones and the fact that Mocha Joe will not admit that his scones are actually muffins drives Larry crazy. He hates the wobbly tables. And the coffee is so not hot enough that he could put his nose in it, which he does to demonstrate and so, you, have you seen this? No, I haven't seen this episode, but I but it makes perfect sense to me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 Seinfeld on, in difficult mode. It's it really it's so rewarding. So what does he do? He sees the place next door to Mocha Joe's is available for uh, lease, and so he starts Latte Larry's. And Latte Larry's, uh, uh, it, it's a spite store. He gets interviewed on the Today Show and talks about the spite and how it's inspiring other people. Jonah Hill has now started a competitive deli against somebody where he didn't like the guy's attitude. And um, Mila Kunitz has started her own jewelry store because she she didn't like the way this. And it's like, okay, I watch that and I go, uh, oh my God, that, that is really funny. And like Larry David is, he he really gets 
and then beautifully, you know, in a really like, I don't know, in like a really classic comedy way, like almost like the Marx Brothers, the ability, or maybe better put Buster Keaton, somebody who's able to see something really, that seems really clear and really obvious and really widespread. And like, you're like, you're like Magatu in Zoolander. Like, I, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. How does anybody sit here at this wobbly, wobbly table? And then as one, the entire place turns to him and goes, just put your foot on it. And the whole world is constantly telling me, just put your foot on it. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. I want you to fix the wobbly table. But the problem is, if I call the wrong guy to fix the wobbly table, and this is my fault for calling, I guess, I call the guy to fix the wobbly table, and then like he starts cutting the legs off him or something, or like he, he accidentally removes the top, and then like because of a, a law in the state of California, you're not allowed to have a new table in that space. And so travel is just one aspect of that. But in that case, the stakes are a little bit higher because my family's involved. And my family's involved, right? So, like, I, I, I want their welfare to be the top welfare and to the extent possible happiness, well-being at, at the top. But also, like, how I act could really screw this up if I don't do it right, you know? That's, that's the part of this I maybe don't talk about as much as, like, how do I keep the crazy inside and be a fun dad when all I'm thinking about is my, my dissolution is, like, seconds away this entire time? I don't like to travel. But but you said you pulled it off. I did. Yeah, yeah. Madeline was a real champ about like setting everything up. And I made a little quiet, gentle deal with myself. Um, my niece has been engaged for a, a, uh, not that long. They've only been together since 2018. But anyway, and so we knew we were doing this. We knew when it was. It was on the calendar. No question marks title. And uh, we, we knew what we were doing. And Madeline took care of the whole thing. And I did not offer any input. So you know, usually I'm the guy who's like, make sure there's car play in the rental or, you know, all the things that I obsess about and that I think are really by and large, like good things to think about where like, cause we think, we think differently. It's remember, remember that she's all forest and I'm all trees. And sometimes that can be very complimentary. Other times it just, it makes things untenable because, but this time I said, you know, um, I'm going to try an exercise, uh, which is that I'm going to try to do less of everything. I'm going to do less preparation. I'm going to do less packing. I'm going to try to do, to the extent possible, less worrying. In, in every way I can, I'm going to remove rather than add things because all those things end up, whether I like it or not, whether I want to admit it or not, all those things, all those HDMI cables, just in case they have a good TV in the room, like, um, like, you should see this giant, like, oversized Ziploc bag of stuff I bring along on every trip. I got scissors. I got an extra Ikea bag. I've got a roll of gaffer's tape. I have, an, I have project folders, brown paper bags, like, folded up garbage bags. It folds into something that's just a little larger than a legal envelope. And it's full. It's, like, basically like a utility belt. But I'm trying to do with less of that stuff. And overthinking every part of it with a goal toward being able to stem to stern to the extent possible, whatever comes along, be classy about it. Get you, get not your, get my crap out of it and do, and do the thing. And, and that, and I think it, it mostly went really well. I, I was, I can't believe I have not received more plaudits because I handled this all so well. And I didn't push anybody as far as I've heard. This would be an example of what I was just saying of uh, 
continuing to make an effort to mildly improve how you handle situations that you know you're never going to be good at. Rather than just throwing up your hands and saying, well, you're just going to have to deal with me because you know I'm not good at this and I'll hire an extra person to wrangle me. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Yeah, right? I know. Right? So, and so, and so you <laughs> did, you made, you made changes. Because worse that, than him hearing this is him hearing about it. Because <laughs> you're not going to get a, a message about that. I mean, I, and I don't think he's totally against that. Like, in some ways, trying to find someone to help you is just keep me uh, out of it. Is a way keep of, my a way name of out of all your whore mouths. Yeah, but 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 you know, but you 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 had an idea of how yeah. you might try something different this a, time. A general, that might a general make thought better. technology to apply across the enterprise. Yeah, and you decided yeah. I'm going to do less of things. Now, maybe that maybe that wouldn't work. Maybe you would have tried doing less of things and it would have made things worse. But at least you thought of something. You said this is what I'm going to try, and we're going to yeah, see how. Yeah, it goes. yeah, but it's yes, well, well put. But here's the thing is like, I don't know, this is, this is one of those things that's kind of difficult. It's kind of ineffable to like really turn into a shape that, that makes a ton of sense. But remember, I, I think I've said this, I've said this to you. I know I've said this in the document um, before you start going on vacation before you're on vacation. Right. So on the one hand, like get into like Aloha Island time mode um, before you're getting ready to rush and get out the door. Try to get the state of a state of mind of detachment and and okay, can I just say for what it's worth, sorry, in band, that's why I said what I said on Slack of like, Kathy was kind enough to help. And you, you did a lot of work on it too. Thank you. But, you know, a part that I usually do is the posting stuff. And so I'd done a very quick description of last, you know, episode and Kathy was kind enough to post it for us. That was an example. Another example was I, I, I posted it. Thank you very much. Kathy showed me how to do it. No, I already said thank you. You never said thank you to me unless it's sarcastic. You never said thank <laughs> no, you to me. I'm just saying, like there was. You said there, thank there was... you for you said thank you for something because your wife made you when we first met. <laughs> you remember that? Oh, was it for the toaster? It was for for something. The, yeah, your your wife made you thank me for something. She wasn't there when I got the toaster. Casey was. Mm-hmm. That's before he was Casey. Mm-hmm. Who the hell is Casey? Um, but here's okay. So what does that mean? Well. Okay, I'm not saying you've got to like go drink oversized joke drinks with a straw, but like you've, if don't act like, well, I'm talking to me here, like as always, right? Um, don't act like a vacation thing where you, you, you pop in and like there's, understand every, every scallion contains a continuum. Please write that down. Every scallion contain, contains a, a, a continuum. It right? It's a little more work before it makes it to the wisdom document. So you, here's the thing yes there's an area over here there's like oh yeah i'm officially like drunk on a boat i'm on vacation look at me i'm in the sun you know uh, and over here's the other end it's like ah my boss is killing me right but somewhere in between like when are you on vacation who knows right um well why don't you move the onion continuum just a little bit earlier to where like you're kind of going starting you know what i'm saying like starting at least a day or two before try and get into that state of mind of being unhooked in my case unhooked from the outside things but if i could say on a higher level than that or up one level from that uh start trying to do that in your life like when you have a day off do you really have a day off it's up to you it's your day like to me as i've tried to say to you in the world to me a vacation is not about location or travel it's about freedom especially freedom from expectations that a vacation to me is freedom from expectations. So I can have the equivalent of a vacation. That's a morning. Um, but st- I would say to other people who are not good at this, unlike you who are famously good at cutting the cord and forgetting your passcode to get in the building and stuff. Um, you know, if you got a Saturday off and you're going to go do something fun, 
especially with your kids, if I could say, like maybe tell yourself or find yourself not looking at your phone as much or not or letting putting it on do not disturb or what, what, if, what if something happens? Well, yeah, what if something happens? Like <laughs> there's I mean, you can come up with a reason for every believe me. I know you can come up with a reason for anything you think will make you safe or more likely makes you feel safe. But that is just a form of low level OCD. That's just a, that's just a compulsion that is that you're doing to to deal with an obsession. So the on the on the project was, you know, I, I like this. I, this is good, and I, I tried to be good about it. I think it helped a lot to say less of everything, and you know what I mean by that, right? Just less of all the, you know, that that then evidences itself. And now you're not fun, Dad. You're stressed out, Dad. You, you're gonna pack all the HDMI cables. Oh, and you should bring some extra lightnings just in case there's like like you know the Crayola marks on the end. And they don't work because God forbid, what'll happen if there's no phone charger there? It's like oh. I guess we would deal with that. Like, there's underpants everywhere. Well, I mean, hopefully they cleaned a little before you arrived. But then, the point, I'm, I'm almost done. The carryover then is, then there's the challenge or the, in some ways, it, the hardest part is doing less and being less stressed in the run-up to it. Uh, if you, if, if I am very stressed in the run-up to it and right into the, like, getting through TSA part, that's likely to have a slight hangover effect. They lost one of our bags, let's say. No, 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 hypothetically, right? They lost one of our, our bags. Or you know, one of those things where we're like, oh, great, now there's a new thread. I arrive and there's a new thread open that I've got to deal with now. And that thread is about vacation and it sucks. When our room got broken into in Hawaii, like that became the vacation. The vacation became, I wonder where all of our stuff went and is it safe to be here, right? So, but in this case, happily, fortunately, Blessedly, it's it seemed to work. I think I was mostly fun, uh, and the idea of like getting into that mode, vacation or otherwise, getting into that mode early, I, it did carry over a little bit, and and I did okay. I did okay with sleep. I did okay with energy. It took a lot of emodium, and uh, and then and then the, the actual event was great. Yeah, the only thing we're missing, as always in these situations, for both of us, uh, is uh, corroborating evidence. Because it would be, I would love to hear from your family. Hey, did you notice right. that 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 uh, that Marlon slash Dad was yeah. a little bit better on this I, trip? I than get normal? it. I, I totally get it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm assuming they would say yes. Like it was if you felt that that it was an improvement. But I at mean, the risk of sounding exactly as horrible as I am, I don't care. <laughs> I, mean, I do care. I care in terms of long term, but like I mean, I'm not you do looking. Care because you said you wanted their no, 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 well being no, no, and no, happiness. No, and just, blah, blah, blah. no, but but like don't don't look don't look at my finger. Look at the moon. What I'm trying to say is, I do care what they think, but I care what they think about me as a person. As far as like the comment card that they fill out for two days in the Catskills, <laughs> you know they can, you know, do their own thing. Fewer uh, HDMI cables next time. <laughs> One oh, star. John, I'll tell you. <laughs> Was 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 very was very impatient picking up the firehouse subs. That you know that was founded by firemen. Mm -hmm. Oof. Um, but I I don't know. I think I think it went mostly okay. You know, the thing that's tough to to you know, we, you and I have. I, I I'll speak for myself. I I I learned a long time ago to stop trying to teach my kid things. N not because my kid won't accept my teachings, but just because it's really rarely useful to actually te try to teach your kid something. If you have to say it, it's too late. In a lot of cases, well, the kid who's above the age of like sticking their hands into a fire, like, um, like, because really, if you ever have like a conversation with your kid like that, it's usually a passive aggressive form of emotional punishment. Of like, I wish you'd chosen better. I'm disappointed in you. So like, it 
it helps that I'm not, you know, uh, trying to do that. Here's what I was going to say. They had this TV in the room and I had some time to myself. And, um, of course I used that to catch up on what was happening in Russia. I don't know if you remember this Saturday morning, things were pretty hopping with the whole situation in Russia. And they had this Samsung TV. What, what I, I, I don't know if I came up with this term last week, but what I refer to as an Airbnb TV, like not a great TV, but, but a Samsung TV. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like I figured it'll be like uh, approximately the functional level of my Blu-ray player where I could put, I could do things on it. But the, 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 the signage in the room included a thing that said, uh, you know, under section TV, no cable, uh, log into your apps. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And there was, as they said, no, no coax. There was, there was some Ethernet hanging out the back going in. <laughs> I had to use the Samsung apps on this thing. And it was, John, it was so funny. I'm tempted to never say a word against. Yeah, it makes you appreciate Apple TV a little bit, doesn't it? It really does, because they have a thing. And, and what's funny is I, I did all kinds of things. I learned the tricks. And I, I, I'm sure, I imagine you've done this in the past where you're, you are your own quick keys. And you go like, okay, here's the thing I need to do. It's five down, two over, up, up. Or whatever. And you like this, bah, 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 bah. and you like me, I'll make a little song to like know how to, because guess what? They have a thing called Smart Hub. C- click on Smart Hub button. <laughs> Smart Hub. Uh, and it basically looked like my Blu ray player. It was like Netflix, Amazon Prime, um, tutorial and web, because there's a web browser in there. At one point, I went into the settings and I saw I ran it up during the update and it, it said the TV hadn't been updated since 2018. Mm hmm. Yeah, this is not like a, a recent Samsung smart TV, but like I was able to get into YouTube and sign in and, and that way I could watch um, Sky News coverage of the Russia stuff. But like all the things that you expect, like remember how like the iPod got us into the idea of what menu means, like almost like an escape key or up one level. Like usually that's like the flippy backy button, not not the rewind button, but usually back. Right. There's usually a button that's back in it. There's an understanding across the interface that there should be a way to go up a level without fully exiting. Spoiler alert. No such thing exists on this. I tried every combination I could think of. It was so freaking funny, John, because I'm sitting there trying to do a thing. I'm going to YouTube, got to log in here, got to blah, blah, blah. Get, get this going, go to that thing. And of course, now I'm looking at their store to see what all store, whatever. And it's mostly like foreign language, fast TV, like ad supported TV. And, but it was just so funny. It was so funny to me. I don't know why I'm telling you this, except I think you would appreciate how funny it is that like there's there's no different. There is nothing such as a back or an up button. There is only exit. Anything you hit takes you out and you're back on static. And then you hit the smart hub and start completely over. It's the, it seems like the kind of thing that would really drive you batty. Are you sure the remote that you were using was the remote that came with the TV? No, but you know what? I got a universal remote. Ask me if I brought it. <laughs> no. You're doing less. But here's the funny part also. This is one of those, I feel like, almost increasingly rare TVs that does have ports on it. Like, it would have been trivially easy, trivially easy for me to plug in the iPad and HDMI uh, into it. But I didn't miss it because there's nothing to be missed. It's the anticipation of missing. It's the anticipation of failure. It's the anticipation of do not disturb causing your child's death, right? I don't know about you or the listener, but for me, it's the anticipation it's the worst. If I could get that out of my life, I would, but that's something I'm, I'm working on. I should get a secretary or I should get Jason Finn to find me a secretary finding place. 
Yeah, but that all went great. Yeah, the, the, yeah so anyway, uh, you're right, though. It would be nice to hear what they think, I guess, but I, I would want to probably just have an opportunity. But presumably you have heard what they think. I just have heard. I mean, I'm at that point, like so many stand-up comedians talk about, you know, it was Louis C.K.'s one was like, no, no, Pat Oswalt had that one that was like, you're 40, do your job. Remember that bit about like, you only get 15 birthdays in life. Um, but that really is kind of how it is. Like if I do everything flawlessly, I, it's pass fail. Right. Um, <laughs> if I do things poorly, now we're into the S, S to F tier. I think it gets very specific if people are unsatisfied with my, that's when they not only rate, but review one star didn't, didn't bring HDMI cable, took too long at firehouse. It writes a very long, well, I, I bought this for my grandson and he hated it. I don't know if your pass fail. I think like if, the, if there's a P on your report card, I feel like you, the, the grade you are striving <laughs> for is uh, like present. <laughs> In attendance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh-huh well you know it's I, i've said this before i used to consider myself an information janitor like a job a uh, job that i had at one time i felt like an information janitor N not to disparage anybody but like i feel like if i do my job flawlessly nobody notices and conversely if any and certainly I, if something if i do something bad sure like anybody i'll get yelled at about it but the worst part is if everything goes flawlessly no one knows i work there if anything goes wrong, whether or not I was associated with it, it's absolutely my fault that it's not already fixed or, and that it broke in the first place. Well, I was trying to look up the, uh, the, uh, whatever percent of life is sh uh, just showing up or whatever thing. Yeah. It, uh, it's usually, it's usually 80% of life is showing up. Uh, one, it's Woody Allen's. So that's problematic. Two, the no, percentages it's okay. said are, it in Annie Hall. Yeah. The percentages are all over the place. I guess it's from Annie Hall, but you know, that's, he wrote it in a script. It may have been a Mark Twain thing. Anyway, it's impossible to find where sayings come from, but yeah. It is, it is absolutely true though. But problematic or otherwise, it's absolutely mm -hmm. true. I mean, it's, you know what it is? And like, I'm so glad you said that though, because just as a side note, I guess technically maybe unrelated. You know, people say like, uh, what am I thinking of? Oh, I'm thinking of the Blackberry movie when the Jay Bar somebody says to the Jay Baruchel character, hey, you know, because he's trying to make this really, really good device that can have a its phone, its internet, it's got a keyboard, it's all these things. And the guy goes, hey, you ever heard that phrase, don't let perfect be the enemy of good or something like that? He's like, but he says, yes, but the problem, <laughs> what does he say? He says something like, the problem is that just good enough is uh, the enemy of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't disagree. I don't agree, but I did think that was really funny. But uh, wait, we're talking about past, fail, uh, present. Oh, showing up. Here's the thing. Um, a wedding is actually a good example. A wedding is one of those things, I guess, maybe like a few. There are certain things in life where it just means a lot to somebody that you're there. You know, a good graduation, maybe. But there's those certain kinds of things where like if you're special in somebody's life, it means a lot to them that you were there. Now, let's say it's a birthday and like you're somebody's grandma, for example. This is not a great example, but you're a grandma to somebody who's turning 30. And it would mean so much to them if you could be there and, you know, you're in good enough health. You started knitting a sweater for them for their birthday and there's no way you'll be able to finish it on time, which you should have known from the beginning. And here's the thing. They don't care about that sweater at all. Like, they will not wear that sweater. They're so happy that you're making it for them. But what they care about is you. And, like, no matter how good that sweater might have been and might whether it might have been worn, if you were too ashamed to go because you didn't have the sweater you finished, then, you know, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? We've all done this. Like, you're the showing. That's, I think that's kind of where that is. It, it's true for lots of things, but I think one thing is, like, your presence, 
being in the moment at a place, whether that a dinner party, a christening, bat mitzvah, whatever it is, like you're being fully present at a place means so much more than whatever your idea was about how to do it well. Yeah, I have a uh, a quote that I may have heard from you, uh, or I may have heard from somewhere else, in which case uh, it might be new to you, uh, related to uh, perfect being the enemy, good and everything, but I'm going to save it for the after show. Okay. Because I think we're at that uh, dividing time now. By the way, we didn't mention this at the beginning, but this is oh, one of geez, those episodes. Oh, geez, I'm sorry, you guys. Yeah, John, go. Yeah, this is one of those episodes with extra members-only content uh, in the after show we are going to talk finally talk about the new Spider-Man movie that we couldn't discuss last episode because Merlin hadn't seen it, but now he has seen it. Yep. So there will be uh, spoilers for Spider-Man across yes. the Spider-Verse in the after show. If you don't want to be spoiled, really hits the spot. don't you know, stop listening when you hear the little uh, jingle thing. And if you want to hear the after show, you have to be a member. You can go to relay.fm slash RD slash join. You can become a member and then you can hear all these after shows as well. Um, and if you are a member and haven't seen the movie yet, just pause it and you can always come back to it. Yeah. Say something funny. No, we don't do that on the show. We just we just wait for the guitar jingle and that's it and we're out. Boom. Mm-hmm.